1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra I lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a healthy news and notes episode for everybody. A lot of stuff to get through across... Uh, soccer during this summer, specifically busy month for the month of July, and we're going to talk all about it. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder, we've been telling you this all month, but if you're new here or joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. We are nominated for the Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And if you like what you hear or have liked what you heard and keep coming back, uh, we would be so appreciative if you nominated us. Just go on over to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up and then toggle down to the Female Hosted Podcast category. Also, World Soccer Talk nominated us for the Best Podcast. So vote for us. Go to worldsoccertalk.com best podcast, best-podcast-podcast dash 2022 dash world soccer talk awards it's a lengthy link we've got all kinds of stuff for you in the episode descriptions and also a qr code if you're joining us on youtube that you can use to go ahead and vote for us a lot of exciting stuff for us at attacking third and women's soccer and i'm i'm so happy to
2: chat about it with you lisa how you doing today I'm good. I'm good. I love our news and notes episode because we get to like catch up on everything that has happened. So often, um, we we don't miss things. Like you and I are aware of the news. Yeah. We're tweeting them out. Follow us on Twitter at attacking third because we're always doing the news there. But now we actually get to dive in, dissect what. The press releases have been what they've talked about. Player signings, news happening around the world. Um, the SVs just happened. We get to yeah. chat about them a little bit. Are we like turning into e news right now? Like talking about <laughs> um, this might be this SBs, might be like our e. <laughs> I love that exactly. SVs, like- the, the award shows. Like maybe we'll do a little fashion dissect. I, I mean, love no, it. I don't. I'm not good at fashion. We're not going to do that. But um, <laughs> yes, it is so good to be here with you, Sandra, and talk about this. And we will not stop hammering that we have been nominated for not one. But to awards, uh, the yeah. voting ends at the end of July. So spread the word. Tell all your friends. Use the QR code. Use the links in the description for the podcast awards, the People Podcast Award, and also World Soccer Talk. Because um, how cool would it be to bring so- home some hardware? We've worked yeah. really hard. We've, we've been here for a year doing this. And, um we had a great couple of weeks covering the W championship. And now I like have taken a deep breath just watching the Euros. <laughs> it's amazing. It's still going on. It's still going on. I love it. This is like, it's been a while. I think since we've done
1: like a, like a lengthy news mm-hmm. and notes episode and I like them. I like how you sort of said it. We get to sort of, go through everything and check everything out. It's like a check-in and a, you know with each other and also on the news uh getting to hear each other's thoughts on, on it and sharing it with the show and with the audience. So let's let's start with maybe that that e news segment for us the entertainment I guess portion of it. Uh we're going to start with some some fun stuff here. The SB's Took place just last night. If you're joining us on this on this episode, uh, tons of women's soccer stars in attendance. Uh, we saw uh, during that entryway. We saw uh, Ashley Hatch, Trinity Rodman repping uh, Washington Spirit. Rodman uh, earning a nomination for best breakthrough athlete. Angel City's Kristen Press, Angel City's Madison Hammond. Ole Rain was repping with Tobin Heath and and Megan Rapino. Uh, who was uh, nominated for for best play? Jalen Howell was nominated uh, for best college athlete. She's currently uh, navigating her rookie season with racing Louisville, but a um, ton of a uh, ton of nwsl representation during uh, this this award ceremony. But a, a lot of others nominated as well. Unfortunately, there was I don't know if you caught this, Lisa, but there was definitely some unfortunate unfortunate scenarios where there were some phenomenal athletes who were nominated, but were unable to attend yeah. this, this ceremony. Quite frankly, there wasn't an invitation, you know, we didn't get to see Caprice Idasco. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, it was just one of those things where it's just like, you celebrate on one end where you're like, this mm-hmm. is, it's prestige award and you want to like celebrate that. And then you're disappointed that you, you don't, you don't see, yeah. you know, the invite extended there. Um, so Got to see some players, you know, in attendance and got to see NWSL represented on a certain level. But in other areas, it would have been maybe nice to to see some of these, uh, I think, maybe underrepresented, you know, ty- type of players. You yeah. know, we're talking about, you know, J- Jalen Howell, who's in a rookie season. We're talking about a Caprice Esco who's been, you know, part of NWSL for for a lengthy amount of time and, you know, just coming off of a Defender of the Year type of type of season. Um, but uh, a lot of fashion in play, like you said, we won't. I think get in into in
2: into deep on that. I guess we'll just keep it simple and say everybody looked great. <laughs> Everyone looked fantastic, <laughs> hands down. It's so fun to see these athletes like dressed up. Like, frankly, we we're, we get glimpses of it before matches, right? They've got Gotham's got the red carpet. It's now like the thing in the NWSL where uh, they get a little photo shoot before walking in pregame um, in their outfits. But to see them like in dresses and ball gowns and like dressed to the nine in their suits. I was like, this is it. I'm so here for this. So go check out we have a lot of those images um I know NWSL Twitter has them. We have them on Twitter, at attacking third, uh TikTok and Instagram too, attacking third, but yeah, you mentioned um some of the players that maybe weren't there, but they were nominated. So like best NWSL player, the nominees were Ashley Hatch, Aubrey Bledsoe, both from Washington Spirit, uh, Jess Fishlock from OL Reign, and then Caprice Didasco from Gotham. Um, But Bledsoe, we didn't see there. Fishlock, Didasco, not there. And Ashley Hatch was the winner of that award. So that was pretty sweet to see that um, the Golden Boot winner from the 2021-2022 season, Ashley Hatch, she won the best NWSL player. There's a lot of other like really cool awards. The best athlete with a disability um, in women's sports. It was Kate Ward. She was nominated. She did not end up winning this category, but I loved the story. Uh, mm-hmm. Kate Ward, She is a UTEP soccer assistant coach, and she's a member of the United States Deaf Soccer Women's National Team. And she was nominated. That That is huge for that community. Um, and just the one soccer player that was nominated in that category for best athlete with a disability in women's sports. But there was a couple of, other incredible performances. So the SVs are, it's like the Grammys and the Golden Globes of the sports world. And so they have all these like niche categories where it's like best NWSL player, right? Best athlete with a disability. But then they have overall best play. That is like in every play that happened in the sports world, all of the amazingness that happened and our very own United States women's national team forward, Megan Rapinoe won for best play. It was so exciting to see. I mean, and this play was fantastic. Do you remember this Olympica? Oh gosh, it's a year ago.
1: We're so over here talking about celebrating our, our birthday celebration oh, month. It's and gone. it's like, here it is. We've got, Megan Rapinoe nailing an Olympic goal in the Tokyo Olympics. If you're uh, watching us on YouTube, we've got the clip here for you, for you to check out. It was a very special moment. It's just um, another reminder of what, you know, a player like this is capable of in really, really big moments.
2: Huge moments. And she's done this twice now. So scoring off a corner cake, it's really hard to do. And both of them have come in the Olympics in big minutes. And this one was against Australia. It was the opening like eight, nine, 10 minutes of this match um, where the U.S. ultimately winning gold or winning bronze throughout this tournament. But huge for Megan Rapinoe, um to, to win this award. Huge for the United States Women's National Team, I think as well. And, and um, just a really fun night at the ESPYs, especially for Megan Rapino. But there was some other good athletes and winners as well. That that player right there, Sam Kerr, she walked home with something as well. Yeah, yeah we're watching a clip on <laughs>
1: We're watching the clip of Megan Rapinoe nailing this Olympic and It's a, it's against Australia, which obviously features Sam Kerr, who won the, the best international athlete in women's soccer category. Uh, Sam Kerr up in Chelsea, and the Australian women's national team uh, went up against some really uh, talented players. Uh, Alexia Putellas, who's you know from Barcelona, or plays with Barcelona, and it's uh, coming off of fantastic uh, couple of seasons with her team and internationally. Best player, you know, Ballon d'Or winner. Uh, Vivian him up from Arsenal. Carolyn Graham-Hansen uh, repping uh, Norway and Barcelona as well. Another teammate of Patea. So uh, heavy competition, uh, you know, in that category. But cool to see Sam Kerr uh, walk away. Uh, with the SB in in this one, she's been nominated for a couple SBs, and uh, I don't think I believe this is her <laughs> first one. So, congrats to her on on just picking up uh, some more hardware. And congrats to, to Megan Rapino for picking up some some additional hardware as well for for herself. And and really cool to sort of see her, you know, go up there and 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 make her acceptance speech and um, yeah. you know, bring more attention to to Brittany Griner, who is you know yeah. still. Uh, just hanging in Russia at the moment. So using her platform is is always, I don't think that uh, is too surprising for people who are are fans or follow uh, Megan Rapinoe. So congrats to uh, Sam Kerr and Megan Rapinoe picking up uh, those awards, Kate Ward picking up uh, the nomination there. And uh, to everyone, quite frankly, who was nominated for all this, it was great to see so many different familiar names, I guess is the way I, I should really be putting this. These are players that we cover week in and week out. And it was really great. To be able to see them, kind of, um, you know, get fancy and, and have a night out and and pick up some some hardware, you know, and not have to sweat through ninety minutes, <laughs> to, necessarily, to necessarily pick it up. You know, they got to go and, and have a good time and, and see if they 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 won or not. That's I think was a nice. Uh, nice little uh, component to it. But uh, outside of this particular night of stars, I guess, as we could sort of refer to it, there's, you know, we've, we put to rest W championship. We've talked about the United States women's national team going out there and meeting all of their objectives, quite frankly, qualifying for the World Cup, the Olympics Gold Cup, winning the entire tournament. but there are there's still a lot of activity that is going on right now in the month of July this this phenomenal month of women's soccer and it's we still have uh, things at play. With the Euros, with the uh, Copa América Femenina, um, you know, a women's African Cup of Nations, and the Euros uh, have been sort of kind of smack dab in the middle of the day. A uh, of African Cup of Nations has been smack dab in the middle of the day, uh, so I know people have sort of been keeping an eye on that as well. But we've already we're getting into the knockout stages here with
2: with the Euros, Lisa. We sure are. The group stages were incredibly entertaining with the Euros. It's uh, four different groups of four teams, and then the top two teams in each groups were going to advance to the knockout round. So at the end of the initial... Uh, group stage play, it was England and Austria from Group A, Germany and Spain from Group B, Sweden and Netherlands from Group C, and then from Group D, France and Belgium, moving on to the knockout stages. So the the winner in each of those groups was going to play the runner up in a a different group that they were playing so now we're getting to see out of group competition uh which so much of these tournaments right once you're placed in your group you just look at that group competition because that's what you got to focus on it's it's almost like two tournaments in one you've got to get out of the group stages and then once you move on and you know who you're going to play you can start to focus on that game and frankly um, these matches are insane and incredible. They just get better and better. So in this, the quarterfinals, it's England against Spain, Germany versus Austria, Sweden versus Belgium and France versus the Netherlands. Uh, the semifinals are going to be Tuesday, July 26th and Wednesday, July 27th with the final being on July 31st. So there's still like at the time of this recording, 10 days left of the euros. So if you've missed the knockout or if you miss the group stages and you're you've missed the first rounds of the quarterfinals uh the first couple of games of it there's still time because these matches are incredible the stakes are so high for these nations we've seen different injuries and different players coming in and out. There was a couple of players on COVID protocol um, that actually will now be back, which is great with some of their respective teams. It's just, there's so many different factors that these teams are dealing with and England as the host country, um, they, they, beaten spain so they continue to move on that game was incredible oh but God. i think that's a huge team to keep an eye on germany of course um against austria that that match as well um but france and netherlands too like it's just such good soccer Sandra. <laughs> it's the best way to spend i'm on the east coast so it's the best way for me to spend my afternoons yeah he's just watching these matches it's no, nice. I love that. Um, it was cool to, you know, in your in your absence and your when you were enjoying your
1: much-deserved uh, vacation, we had invited uh, Lori Lindsay back on to the show. Uh, we chatted a little bit about NWSL. We chatted, I of course, I wanted to pick her brains about oh, yeah. the Euros because she's been putting in work there. And it's so wild to sort of even just see, just this, like we're talking about like just a week ago already. And that's the thing about these uh, international competitions. They're just, they're rapid fire, you know, they're, a short amount of times and you have these teams competing like every other day, almost it sort of feels like, um, and to sort of see the the knockout rounds in, into play our England and that England Spain match, like you mentioned, just out of this world. Um, I, I know we were talking a little bit off mic about it, so I'll bring it on on here now. But, you know, talking about the, the end result in that game and, and, and the what ifs for me, you know, like what if there was a Puteas mm-hmm. available? What if there was a, a Jenny Hermoso who was available for this Spain side? Um, loved the energy uh you know from the from the spanish side there they just uh they're just a fun team to watch uh dangerous absolutely dangerous um beware i guess right come come future fixtures against them but um it's uh, it's been it's been really really cool to sort of be able to watch all of these players um in in, in under this type of lens um knowing quite frankly that um we're only going to manifest good things in 2023, uh, and and hope that we're going to ultimately see at least 80 to 90 percent of these types of players, uh, who yeah. are playing in these tournaments, probably in in the World Cup as well. So it's a very, uh, a very exciting time. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. It's it's 100 percent a really good way to to sort of, you know, have something in the middle of of the day to to take yeah. a look at um, and keep an eye on. Um, Women's Africa Cup of Nations is still going on, so there's a match for third place into play and. The final. Nigeria and Zambia will be competing for third place. Uh, the final is going to be Morocco and South Africa. Uh, I'm not too sure if a lot of people had that predicted, but um, I'm excited for that one. Copa Feminina, um, Copa América Feminina is still in play. Uh, they're also entering uh, their knockouts as well. Semifinals are already sort of coming into play. Brazil is going to be facing off against Paraguay on July. The 26th, Monday, July 25th is up in the air. Colombia has clinched their place, but they're going to be facing the runners-up of Group B. So that could either be Venezuela or Argentina, and that has is a game with heavy implications because those two teams are facing each other uh, today, uh, Tuesday, excuse or Thursday, excuse me, if you're able to watch in in the evening. So the winner of that is going to face Colombia in the semifinal. So lots of lots of really really cool stuff here, and um, we were again Lisa chatting a little bit about this off mic and just how this month this this summer of women's soccer has just been like so fulfilling in a number of ways it's been really really nice to be a part of
2: I think that's a really good way to put it. Incredibly entertaining. Um, It's so fun to see these players, some new players, some younger players that are breaking into their national teams uh, get really good moments and good looks. And this is, this is foreshadowing for the Women's World Cup because we've passed a year, right? We are under a year until the kickoff of the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, The, the one year, negative one year anniversary, I guess you would say was on Wednesday of this week. So watching all of these different tournaments and all of these different players, um, keep an eye on some of them. And if you're watching them, if there's players or teams that you are really keyed in on or really excited about circle them, make a note of them because you'll see them again, uh, next summer playing in the world cup. And, and it's, if you're only cheering for one nation, it's not that fun. You've got to have your hand in all the different pots. you got to know what's happening because it's way more entertaining to do it that way. And uh, that's what I'm doing. I love it. I love watching all these different tournaments and everything. And the soccer is amazing. Like the, the competition is so good. And it's so fun to watch. And the development of women's soccer has come so far. Right, like in in how well these players are and how well they're doing. Oh, I love it! I love it. Keep watching soccer, everyone.
1: Hundred percent. I'm I'm with you. Uh, That's I think that's also sort of the the really sort of maybe kind of fun aspect I think for for us when we're watching these types of games. Like you, sometimes you watch these big international tournaments as a neutral. Sometimes like we're watching uh, the the Euros as, as an American audience and we're watching, you know, cup women's African cup of nations, you know, as, as an American audience, stuff like that is very, very entertaining. I think if you have a neutral uh, standing in it and it's, it's also just sort of cool to watch these competitions unfolding before our eyes and like checking off, like, qualified for the World Cup, qualified for the World Cup, qualified for the World Cup, like like we're slowly starting to see yeah. that, that that group of 30 something teams who are going to be competing in 2023 in Australia and New Zealand, so, so it's no longer just Australia and New Zealand, like we knew that those two teams are obviously going to be part of the World Cup because they are the co-hosts, but you know, we were the home of the AFC Women's Asian Cup and we got to see some early qualifications there, we saw Japan, South Korea, China, Philippines, uh, go ahead and punch their ticket. We saw Vietnam, uh, you know, advances to playoff winners. Sweden, Spain, France, Denmark have clinched their 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 space in this World Cup. United States, obviously, we've gone ahead and celebrated that. Uh, Canada, as well as the winner, Costa Rica, Jamaica, and uh, Zambia, Morocco, Nigeria, and South Africa. So we're we're like just seeing little by little all of these nations punching their ticket uh, to the World Cup. So um, I wanted to definitely try to draw folks' attentions to to Copa America Feminine because there are things still in play there. Um, and we will see who will be representing Conmebol in the 2023 World Cup. So it's been exciting, but we've got some NWSL news to get through. And there's some things to break down uh, over the course of NWSL, even though they are in the midst of a little bit of a break themselves. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to chat all things NWSL after the break. We're back to talk about NWSL news. This is the NWSL news and notes portion of the news and notes episode that we're doing. And Lisa, I'm glad that you're back so that we could chat a little bit about this because this happened while you were away. I'm talking about the NWSL Board of Governors meeting uh, alongside uh, NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman. And uh, some really cool things uh, mm-hmm. got kind of bullet pointed out of this meeting, and I was able to to touch on it briefly a little bit with Lori Lindsay um, when she was on the show with us because that it was all sort of breaking in, in real time. Um, but I couldn't wait for you to come back and like have us be settled with Conca to sort of revisit it, I think, in a different light um, to kind of get your perspective of it. Um, if people have missed uh, the the board of governors, need there's some some really interesting bullet points that came out of the two-day series of meetings uh, in New York. I believe it was uh, over the course of July 12th and 13th in new york city uh we have so highlighted some good stuff for you all at cbssports.com i went ahead and took some of the most i think interesting kind of tidbits and kind of mm-hmm. put them out there for you to to take a look at and lisa i wanted to get some of your reactions and hold some space here for you because you know you're the other half of uh, a3 here and uh, some of the cool stuff for me that that Stood out right away that I wanted to point out to folks was things like um, improvements to to the broadcast, the, yeah. the talking about um, inclusion of a ton of cameras, investment on that side, um, the possibility of introducing VAR in twenty twenty three uh, expansion has has long been in the conversation, you know, of, of NWSL and. That was something that they talked about as well. So lots of cool things kind of coming out around this. I, I just wanted to give you the chance to to sort of give your reactions to it as well. Was there anything in particular that you looked at and you said,
2: "I like this one a lot"? Oh, well, thanks, Sandra. I love to give my thoughts and talk about anything and everything. But yeah, this um this meeting was, I think, really huge. We we for the NWSL they hired Jessica Berman as the new commissioner as someone that wanted to come in and shake things up and change things around and make this league better. And I I think that after this first meeting of the, the board of governors and this first announcement that came out of this, I think that the steps to improve the league are the steps that the league is taking to improve are in the right direction. And I think that's spearheaded by Jessica Berman. And frankly, I love some of these upgrades that they're coming up with. I mean, you mentioned uh, VAR in the 2023 season. season. I think that's huge, um, not only for like close calls, goals that happen, but injuries and player safety throughout this league. Uh, there's so many times we're like, well, we don't really know. There's no VAR on that. And especially as a broadcaster, sometimes it's really hard to, Make a judgment and talk about a play, a foul, um, anything that happens when you're only seeing one or two angles of it, and you can't tell. You, you don't get conversations with the officials or anything like that. So that's huge. I love that they are, will be incorporating VAR. But in terms of upgrading um, all of the broadcasts, like that's fantastic. In order to make this league as professional as it should be, and as great as the con as the players are, and the competition is, it, the broadcasts have to continue to get better, right? It's not just these steps continuing to take more and more steps like that, including higher quality cameras, infrastructures, additional staff to work these things uh, because so much much of it does come down to budgets, right? You can't um expect to do something at a. budget if you only have $20,000. Like that's just not how it works. So um, reallocating some of those funds and prioritizing different ways to do things, I I think is huge in adding uh, broadcasters to the Twitch broadcast because throughout this regular season so far, there's been one broadcaster for the international Twitch streams um, when the other games are on Paramount plus and just increasing them overall is is good, right? For everyone involved, yes. for the players, for the fans watching at home, for the broadcasters calling the games. Um, It's a huge improvement. I am excited about it. I'm excited to kind of see what else keeps happening, what else keeps coming, what other tricks up Jessica Berman's sleeve she has for people that are invested in the NWSL like we are, right? Like, this is huge for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am... Um... Listening to like the press conference that took place shortly after the press release, so that's ultimately how this news kind of got rolled out. The league uh, rolled out with a with a with a press release. It talked about some of those bullet points, and then uh, Berman was available for a a media call uh, with that was open to to various media who were, who cover the, the NWSL and, and, you know, hopping on that call, a lot of great stuff coming from our colleagues and and asking some, some good kind of questions and, you know, areas of of elaborating on some of these things. And and there was obviously a lot of interest in this concept of, of adding cameras and, and improving the broadcast and, and what that means and what that looks like. And, um, I was eager to sort of hear your thoughts on it because you're someone who has been on these calls, Lisa. I hear you. I know our listeners hear you on some of these calls, whether it's directly on on Paramount Plus games or or even Twitch games. Um, mm-hmm. So this is something that I knew would also sort of impact you, and like you're the work that you do outside yeah. of a Three. So I was like, I gotta like, I gotta have Lisa talk about this a little bit and sort of hear her her perspective on it. But um, but I'm with you. I mean, I, I especially I think in terms of all of the things that came out of, 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 these meetings and from that press conference, um, if the ambition is to truly incorporate something VAR, a VAR or something like VAR, cause I don't know if people are aware of this, but there are versions of, of VAR. There's like a VAR light and there's things like goal line technology that's separate yeah. from VAR, you know, um, it, if, if the, the, ambition is, sidelines. truly. Yeah, if the ambition is truly 2023, that mean that would ultimately mean that that requires more cameras automatically. I think yeah. if you are looking to have that ambition, so the fact that they are already going to be adding cameras in an effort to boost uh, production of the broadcasts, I think is very important. But I think that's also going to be testing the waters of what that could look like if they truly do. You know, plan to incorporate VR. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, and I'm eager to sort of see how, how things go. I'm also really eager to sort of see how the broadcast look moving forward because they said that this yeah. was going to take place very soon. Um, you know, coming as soon as is August.
2: Yeah, immediately coming, and I want to make it known to people that are listening to this that, um no one is like losing the jobs like the people are staying the same the the hard-working people that put in so much effort every single game behind the scenes in production and directors and producers and talent those people are not changing they're adding additional resources for those people to do their jobs better and that's huge it's that's like mainly the the behind the scenes of what's happening with this and to and these changes that are happening. The people that were currently doing their jobs are going to continue to do them, but they're going to be better supported, whether it's with additional staff members or a little bit more financing or better equipment or more guidance and more leadership in their roles that they're currently doing, which will lead to a better product. But it's gonna be the same people calling the games, producing the games, directing, TDing them, camera operators, um, all of those on site people as well are the same, they just now have more research sources to do their jobs better as anyone would in any of their individual professions across the world, anyone listening to this. Uh, that's my last two cents about this. <laughs>
1: A valuable two cents, as <laughs> always. Uh, listen, we got the time. It's a, it's a break right now. So we're, we're taking the time to sort of chat and, and discuss and hang out, really. This is a hangout. We're hanging out with each other. If you're hangout. listening to us, you're hanging out with us, too, Uh, because it's a bye week. <laughs> it's a bye week after the international tournaments. There's a pause in play uh in the NWSL as well. You know, we're, we're seeing the CBA get... You know, utilized, being put to use, put into action. Uh, there's a rec- there's within the contract that there needs to be a break in the season, you know, for for players, and quite frankly, that's important. So, uh, coming right alongside the conclusion of the CONCACAFW championship. Championship, uh, so there's and thankfully uh, because of this break, it gives us the opportunity to talk about all of this stuff, and that includes some news that has also dropped uh, sh- shortly ahead of, of this break. And, and one of the things I think that stood out was uh, was a suspension. Uh, for Angel City Sporting Director Anya uh, Luko, she was uh, suspended ultimately for entering the field on the July 9th match versus San Diego Wave FC, and she'll be serving the suspension during the Angel City uh, home match versus Oil Rain on Saturday, July 30th. So that uh, sort of dropped, and we were like, okay, but a uh, violation. They have it within the release of the reasoning uh, why, and, Per rule number, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, but uh, something interesting to to sort of keep an eye an eye on. Um, Jaden Shaw, I mean, this this also dropped kind of in between a time where you were just coming back in, uh, you know, from into work, Lisa, while we were still kind of in the middle or tail end of a CONCACAF Championship. So it was a wild, wild time, and I know you and I both have some thoughts and and, and opinions oh, yeah. on this, but but Jaden Shaw officially signing with San Diego Wave FC, the 17-year-old midfielder out of uh, Texas, a USU 20 star. It's her first professional contract. It is going to be through 2023 with no option year, turning 18 in uh, November of this year. Uh, But uh, it came into light uh, when the league opened the discovery process For Shaw, rather than forcing her to wait until the 2023 draft, uh, she's someone who's been actually training with the Washington spirit for the last six months. Uh, But because of the discovery process, San Diego was ultimately able to uh, obtain the rights uh, to this potential player and uh, now has uh, been officially announced with
2: San Diego. So this was uh, for those that are maybe hearing this news for the first time or, or really have some questions about it. Jaden Shaw is a young player that um, Olivia Moultrie walked. So Jaden Shaw could run perhaps is, is the theme <laughs> here behind this uh, because Olivia Moultrie, another incredibly young player that has been training with Portland Thorns for um, an ex- incredibly long time. And Mark Parsons, former head coach of the Thorns fought to get Moultrie a contract to Previously, a year ago, the NWSL said you couldn't play in the league until you were 18. Um, So now things have opened up and things have changed in that sense. But with this 17-year-old Jaden Shaw, um, she forego her NWSL eligibility because she wanted to play professionally. And head coach of Washington Spirit, Chris Ward, welcomed her in in the spring of 2022 for preseason to start training professionally and train with the Washington spirit. And as a player in Jaden Shaw, you're now training with the reigning NWSL champions and essentially the same squad that won it. So what an incredible environment for Jaden Shaw to be in. Um, conversations had started talking because you had to be 18 in order to enter the draft. And the draft would be in January of 2023. And she doesn't turn 18 until November of 2022. So there was this push um, spearheaded by Shaw herself, as well as Chris Ward, to open this discovery process for her, to allow her the opportunity for teams to sign her. Now, when a player enters the discovery process, it doesn't mean that Washington Spirit just gets to sign her because the discovery process works in that once a player is in there, um, the number one team in the discovery like lineup, I'm, I'm not entirely sure the terminology, correct me if I'm wrong, Sandra, but the number one team that's in there gets their first pick. And that just ha- so happened to be San Diego Wave FC. And instead of bypassing on Shaw. And then Angel City bypassing on her, and then so on and so on and so on until Chris Ward and Washington Spirit could sign Jaden Shaw. San Diego Wave FC, Casey Sony saw the opportunity in signing this incredibly young, talented athlete, Jaden Shaw, um, and having them join the team. And Shaw also said yes. So there's like a double whammy process here of how this all happened. Um, But this is an incredibly good player. She's a midfielder. She can score goals. She's done at the youth international level. Um, When she was just 15 years old, she was invited to train with uh, French club PSG. And just the talent level, the experience that this 17-year-old, already has is tremendous. And then the fact that San Diego has picked her up, um, huge. I think that's huge for the team, for San Diego, for the league, and for this player, but it's, is it almost like a backstabbing of Washington spirit? What are your thoughts on this one? Sandra? <laughs> wow. I like that. a backstabbing. I don't know. I said almost, <laughs> almost, because frankly, like she had the free reign to do this. Yeah. San Diego has the free, it's the part of being a professional athlete to sign someone like this, despite having spent the last six months with Washington spirit, who also wanted her, who wanted her, who pushed well, for it, and wanted her. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's part of,
1: um, I mean that's part of the the energy uh, around this, right? You know, you're inviting a player of this this sort of caliber or the, the with the potential high ceiling, let's just say, because we've yet to see um, the young the young Shaw go out and, and play a, a pro match at this level. Um, but you're you're putting in work, you know, for the potential for a player to hit their, their ceiling. And quite frankly, the spirit have done a good job um, Mm -hmm. drafting young players, um, and developing them. You know, we have seen the rise of Andy Sullivan. We've, we've seen Ashley Sanchez and and her ability, Trinity Rodman having her breakout season with the spirit last year, going all the way to the championship, winning a championship with, Mm -hmm. with this young core players and, and Rodman also picking up rookie of the year honors. And, um, I think if, you have these types of players <laughs> that you can point at and say, Hey, you come train with it. you will be a champion. You know, I don't, I think that's a hell of a, a great sales pitch, quite frankly, if, if you're the spirit and you are on that end of, of looking and at recruiting and, and scouting and yeah, you're talking about months, <laughs> months and months that have been spent um, with a specific franchise and I got to say, when the news dropped, it it threw me a little bit because you brought up Olivia Moultrie, and I'm, I'm glad that you did uh, because it was quite the roller coaster for, for Moultrie's entry into the league. And that also included a discovery process mm-hmm. in which O.L. Rain took the rights to Olivia Moultrie. So, you know, we're looking, even looking back at that and thinking, you know, is there perhaps a bit of gamesmanship there? Uh, And looking fast forwarding now to this shout out to uh, Jason Anderson, colleague out of DC area, tweeting that a source with knowledge of the talks over Shaw's rights between yeah. San Diego and the spirit at one point, San Diego's asking price was $250,000 and Olivia Moultrie's rights. Third round draft pick. Yeah. So I'm wondering like the level of maybe gamesmanship perhaps in, in this, it doesn't, it it rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not going to act like it didn't. And I just, I was like, wow. I was like, that's certainly a starting point for for, when you're talking about negotiating, like that's, I guess the, the concept is let's aim very, very high and then go (laughs) from there. Uh, And unfortunately uh, I think it didn't sort of pan out maybe the way the spirit were possibly anticipating i think my initial reaction to this like i'm you know tweeting out twitter's for the jokes and i'm just like wow like there's a ton of like energy that's similar to like Didn't do the work in the group project, but showed up with confidence on presentation to demand an A-plus type of energy from San Diego here. And I'm just kind of like, I respect it, question mark. Like, it was like, it was weird for me to process. I was just like, well, okay. I said uh, they took the rights of of this, this um, discovery rights of this player. It's it's within the rules. That doesn't mean that people aren't going to... you know, find criticism within it or say that feels kind of weird and wrong, um, you know, just because it's like within the rules, that doesn't mean that it's not going to have a certain type of perception, especially when you have reporting around it, talking about how high yeah. the price point was at one point and ultimately how things didn't work out for a team that had already been working with this player for six months. Um, and I think you can also maybe sort of see that within the contract of, um, of Shaw with, with San Diego, the, the fact that there's the opportunity to play professionally. She doesn't have to wait until that 2023 draft, but it is only through the 2023 season. So it's only through next year with no option. So, What what's that gonna mean, you know, in the future for a player like Shaw? Um in the the landscape of of the league in in 2023 that I think it's still a little bit of a TBD yeah Um, and
2: I'm not I'm not that surprised that her contract is only through 2023 with no option well I'm surprised that there's no option but I'm not surprised that it's only a one-year contract because as a player that is so young it's a very big difference jumping into the professional game especially into the NWSL and especially seeing how well San Diego does this year, right? Like they've been number one in the standings for 10 weeks. So this is a good team that Shaw is going to. And for Casey Tony, oh, yeah. first time coach in the NWSL, the one-year contract is, I, th- I think, fine for this type of player. Yeah, because quite
1: frankly, it goes you back know. to what I did you said, I mean, you. you it, yes, is this a player that a lot of people uh, are high on? Um, have watched in the you know the the youth programs and are very, very excited about a hundred percent. But there's you don't know until you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. it was a lot of similar energy around a player like Trinity Rodman. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of uh, pundits and myself included who thought that she went really high in in that in that initial draft. I thought that maybe she would need some time for development uh, to transition into the pro level she absolutely went out and did that that is what she did and unfortunately you
2: just don't know and became rookie of the year and you don't know and maybe shaw will be rookie of the year or something which is incredible but we don't know we don't know one year is fine the no option maybe a little bit surprising but um i'm fine with the one year
1: yeah so i do i do uh I'm, i'm very excited to hopefully see this player get some time uh, soon, you know, and then yeah. we get to sort of see in action uh, what this how she fits with this San Diego wave. Style. I mean, they're number one right now. They're top of the league. Um, they've been putting together a very strong campaign in 2022. Um, does something like the arrival of a player like this disrupt what San Diego has going on? I Casey Stoney just doesn't strike me as the type to completely sort of revamp, her um her plans for this team moving forward. I, I think Shaw's got to get some training under her. Yeah, right? I absolutely trust Casey Stoney to yeah. go ahead and, and handle this situation um a hundred percent well. So uh, I'm I'm eager to sort of see her uh, kind of worked in and and sort of her introduction into NWSL. Uh, but definitely a type of headline where we were like. Hmm, this is very, very interesting. Let's talk about it oh, a yeah. little bit. Uh, some other signing news to close out the episode with uh, Kansas City Current announcing the signing of Claire Lavosier, I believe. Lavosier. I Lavosier. We we want to try to get it correct here on Attacking third, So thank you uh, for including the pronunciation within your press release. Kansas City Current, shout out to y'all. A French midfielder who plays with Bordeaux and the French national team signed with Kansas City. Through 2023, with an option for 2024. Uh, going to be joining the team ASAP, quite mm-hmm. frankly, and uh, potentially going to be seeing uh, her getting some minutes against Orlando, but who knows? So again, we'll see. Uh, but that's the earliest we can see uh, her arrival or her d- uh, debut, It'll be Sunday,
2: July 31st, uh, potentially against. The pride, so yeah. it's a course. huge signing. I think this is huge for Kansas City as a team and a, a club that is really—they are not just saying they want to win, but they're actually like putting their money where their mouth is, and and. Continuing, they're on a seven-game unbeaten streak right now. Like they are cruising. They haven't lost since May. They've put really good pieces into place. They've traded for certain players. Uh, Now they bring in uh, Lavogé to come in and and spice up this midfield. And just imagine a player like Lavogé, who's played her entire pro career in France. So all of that experience that this type of player brings to the NWSL game, and then you slaughter in the midfield alongside players like Lola Bonta, Victoria Pickett, Desiree Scott. The Options are endless, endless for this team. And Matt Potter is just dripping in gold and, and all of the different players and the skill sets that he has. This is a huge move for Kansas city. And I am, I've been very impressed with what they've been able to do on and off the pitch, whether it's with their facilities, um, the players that they're bringing in, bringing in this French international, uh, LaVogée, uh, how they've been able to play and compete on the pitch, going into big arenas like Lumen Field and come out with results. I, The ownership, it's really just been a trickle-down effect, and that's what the players have said when we've spoken with them, that they feel that the ownership wants to win and wants this club to be the best in this league and that's how the players feel in terms of respected and the equipment that they're given and everything that they've done for them and man this Kansas City team is fun to watch so huge acquisition for Matt Potter and the side for sure
1: yeah I'm looking this is a team that I'm keeping an eye on as they start to make their march in this second half of the season I think Getting Sam Mewis back into trainings, right, is a huge positive sign. And the fact that they are also uh, uh, boosting up that that midfield core uh, heading into this very exciting stretch of the season, I think is going to be really, really crucial for Kansas City. So we'll see. Uh, how this pans out for them coming up, but uh, that's going to be it from us today on our episode. Here, we hope you all enjoyed catching up with the two of us and on all the news and notes across NWSL and all the action across women's soccer globally. Another reminder before we close out again, I know we've been harping you about this all month, but we're always getting new people introduced to us. So, if you're new, welcome thanks for joining along with the episode but uh, we're, we're nominated for some awards uh, the best female hosted podcast category in the people's choice podcast awards go and vote for us at podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up toggle down to the female hosted podcast category and click vote for us and you can also vote for us for the world soccer talk best podcast vote for us at Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And make sure that you stay with us for so much more as the best month of women's soccer continues. For Sandra and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking third.